Hello everyone, before we get going on the review episode, I just wanted to let you all know that this episode does contain spoilers for Love and Thunder, so if you have not seen the movie, I would encourage you go see the movie first and then come back and enjoy this super fun all-star panel chat that we had talking about the movie. But there's your warning, spoilers ahead. I hope you enjoy the episode. Everyone, welcome to Across the Bifrost. This is the Mighty Thor podcast. My name is Ryan Doze, and today we are doing the review for Thor Love and Thunder. It is finally here. We have all seen the movie, hopefully at this point. Uh, I myself have seen it multiple times, and we have to talk about it. Like, it's the thing happening in the world of Marvel right now, so we've got to talk about it. And to talk about this movie, to break it all down... I have assembled a all-star team, a panel of mighty co-hosts that are from all around the nine realms. They are fantastic friends of the show, and we we just got to bring them in to talk about this movie. And here's how we're going to do this. We have got a bunch of different topics we're going to cover in this episode, but the first thing, I want them all to introduce themselves, but then tell us what is the one word they would describe this movie as before we get into like all of our thoughts and opinions and our ratings and our, our rantings and ravings about this movie. What's the one word that they would describe this movie with? And I will uh, throw this over to our first co-host and her, and her one word to describe love and thunder. Hey, I'm Haley Hobbs from the source pages podcast. And my one word, and I gave this a lot of thought yeah. is <laughs> rambunctious. <laughs> rambunctious Ooh, i like that so we have rambunctious from Haley hobbs source pages podcast and our our second co-host also a familiar face here on the show um so man i wish i had a better word um because i'm a writer but hi i'm brandon from follows and comics uh, <laughs> i'm just gonna say fun i don't know i try to think of something early but you know what Haley, you're taking this one so far. Yeah. <laughs> fun. Fun first. <laughs> and our, our last very familiar co-host and his one word for Love and Thunder. Hey guys, it's Christopher Fazio, the Fazgardian, and my word is also not nearly as great as rambunctious. My word is family. Family. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm sure we're going to get into like all of like what what your words meant for you through you like your reviews but i i just remembered i didn't give you guys my word i i was struggled with this one but i i went with rock because this whole movie like felt like an 80s rock ballad and so we've got rambunctious fun family and rock so <laughs> i just wanted you all to know these co-hosts have been hand selected from a, a, a universe of fantastic people. They're also just some of the most fun people that I know to talk about comics and movies with. So uh, I'm very happy that they are here to do this very important episode for, for you all out there in listener land. So we are going to just get the ball rolling and we're going to chat about this movie. 
there are a few different things we're going to talk about. And then at the end, we have a secret mystery question that uh, none of them know about. And I'm very excited to get to that one <laughs> so, as, as Brandon subtly shakes his head. <laughs> so here we go. First talking point. We're just going to throw this out there and we're going to start. We're going to start going with it. What was the thing from this movie that you loved the most? Oh, so, as, as Haley takes a cleansing deep breath. Well, um, not to make everybody roll their eyes, but my first choice wanted to be the flick. However, <laughs> comma, <clears throat> really, <laughs> I mean, we can talk about the flick if you want to talk about the flick. I, we, we certainly can. I think we're all secure enough that we can talk about the flick. I think everybody nice enjoyed it. <laughs> it was a good flick. I won't lie. Like, it was really motivating. <laughs> That's Asgard's all this, ass right there. That is Asgard's <laughs> ass. Of all the small moments, and there were a lot that I love, really the thing that, I, that has stuck with me since I saw it on Friday was the scene between Thor and Jane when she's in the hospital after he's, she's really confessed to him and they've come back to new Asgard. Because I think we've all in some way experienced something like that in our lives with a loved one. And they were both just acting their asses off. I felt like, <laughs> right. um, you know, Hemsworth was so emotional and Portman really brought all of her chops. And so I think that that for me was the most pivotal scene in the movie. Yeah. Like guys, what did you think of that scene? Like before we move on to like all of our other choices, like that scene in the hospital at the end, like it's like, like the emotional, like linchpin of the entire film. So what did you guys think about that one? Just like spitball and, and just sharing our thoughts on sharing our thoughts on other people's thoughts. <laughs> well, it, it definitely was the emotional heart of the film. And just like Haley said, like it kind of brings it all together. Like they did a great job in the movie kind of helping you buy the Thor Jane relationship. But you can feel how deep the love is there because it's not because she's mighty Thor that he's back in love with her. It's Jane the person. And that's the most raw and broken down version of Jane we get to see and Thor looks at her just like he looked at her the whole time he Ooh. he loves her and everything that she is not just the fact that she can wield Mjolnir and they did an amazing job showing that on screen yeah and you couldn't have said that better like yeah. I totally agree with that um just seeing how they brought Jane back his first reactions and just kind of the flashbacks that kind of build up to how deep the relationship is like we didn't even get to see that like in previous films this was really a carved out like we're going to take some time to open up a section that wasn't explored previously and really show you the relationship and then show you how deep they still love each other how deep like Thor still loves her no matter what and how he's never been able to go um get over her and a lot of that, like, it just, it resonates really well, you know? Like, I mean, I, I went through a crazy breakup, uh, like, not too long ago. And then just seeing some of those moments, like, you just really begin to, like, feel it, like, in a certain way. And just, like, the outcome of all of that in the hospital scene, like, it's, he, he didn't want her to take the hammer because it was killing her. And he's just like, I need you. Like, I still need you to be here, um, yeah. no matter what. And it's just, like, it's just heartbreaking. Like, no matter what, that's all he wanted is just for her to be around still. And all he cared about was her safety and her health like yeah. a true hero in a sense but as in a true way that he like deeply loved her that much and uh, it was a beautiful moment it was a good pick for sure the i mean what he even says it in that scene like it's always been you yeah it's like it's always been you uh because even like we get the throwaway line in one of the avengers films like you know what's what's jane up to it's like oh she's off like you know becoming famous you know as like a astrophysicist and you know they have that little like 
back to back with with tony about what pepper's up to but it's like yeah i love that line like it's always been you mm-hmm. and um yeah that's fan Haley, fantastic like brandon is there any way you can top that no dude stop. <laughs> stop putting Haley before me we stacked the deck against you <laughs> just imagine going last oh god <laughs> Faz is just gonna be like, uh, no, yeah. But uh, you get to take notes and what, whatnot, man. Like, all right, what they all right. said. <laughs> um, actually, surprise. Okay, so preference my thoughts and opinions real quick, just to like let you guys know why I'm choosing this moment. But I didn't like Thor Ragnarok, hands down. Okay. For it, like I, I had some cool Jack Kirby elements. That's my favorite part of the entire film. I thought it was very Disney stuff, joking, like joke wise. Like the material just did not hit me well. Okay. Uh, it was all right. It was all right in my case. Like, man my my opinion so going into this one and looking at the comedy i thought it was very much more uh organic it wasn't as disney pushed and so there was the scene with zeus and the scene with zeus when he was that entire like presentation of him and his intro and all that stuff and him talking to thor and like <laughs> including that flick moment and everything and the way he kind of takes his step down the stairs with his you know curtsy and everything <laughs> dude that was a hundred percent Mel Brooks style comedy. Like I thought of history of the world. I thought, of, Oh like, yeah. Battles. Like just the entire presentation from Russell Crowe was pure. And that writing was pure Mel Brooks. And I got that Mel Brooks like sensation and excitement because I'm a huge Mel Brooks fan. And I was just like, damn, we're digging into some like comedy inspirational gold here. And I loved seeing that come out in that scene. And for me, okay. that was just like a very resonating scene for me. Cause I wanted like, I have a certain standard for film in general, and we could talk about this when I think about superhero films later. But yeah, I thought that was brilliant, and I love seeing that come out because, like, as a writer and as a creator, you kind of need to you study older stuff so that you know how to get out of situations, you know how things work. And seeing him go for that Mel Brooks approach for Zeus, this comical like we're gonna make fun of this guy. Oh, totally brilliant for me. Yeah, I thought that was great. I loved it so it's when you realize it's like i had to like re-remind myself oh this is russell crowe doing this yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is yeah. you know maximus from gladiator doing this <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and i'm sure we'll talk more about the omnipotent city scene because like that's a, like the pivotal hinge point of like the the movie where it kind of like the first half and the second half are kind of like transitioned at that at that moment but faz what was the what was the moment in the movie the scene like that you loved the most man well, my, mine's gonna be a little more cliche and boring i loved the first and the last thor scenes i'd love to just okay. say gore the whole time but that's kind of boring so the first seeing how lost thor was how he'd given up on love how he's just a warrior an amazing fight scene but how little he gave a shit at that point. Just I'm going to do as much cool action stuff as I can, seeing kind of how far he's fallen, how he's falling back into his old habits of just, I'm a warrior, I'm here to to break stuff. To see that start, and then the end when he's holding Jane and she's dying. Those two scenes for me really showed kind of the, the path of the movie, the story arc he went through. And just the whole, you know, he ends with a daughter. He's He has to give up Jane again. It's so heartfelt. It's so small. They could have made a joke at the end in classic, uh, classic Taika, and she could have said her catchphrase, but instead she said it silently so that only he could hear it. Right. So they let it breathe and let you feel the emotion. So those two scenes for me are the ones that uh, took the movie over the top. Yeah. I, I agree. That's that his 
character arc from going completely selfish to selfless like was a brilliant you know direction for them to go in and it takes a moment to you know, you know take to take a step back to be realize like man that arc was like very well crafted and how much he they even cover it in the beginning how much he's lost and why he's there and why he becomes so selfish in that sense and to i mean now he's raising like a little girl the most selfless thing you can do is taking upon your like enemy's daughter to raise right and it it definitely like i i know people are saying it's similar to the thor one arc where he was unworthy and he was selfish but that's the thing about thor he he's cyclical he's he's old he has old patterns he doesn't grow in a straight line you don't have a perfect being after four movies who was a dick at the beginning like he's going to regress he's going to progress it's it's his fatal flaw that he's always trying to overcome and it's really nice when they do it well like that Hence, always trying to prove to be worthy, to stay in that like line, that middle point of like losing it or coming back to it. And that's what makes Thor such a great character is because even though he is the mighty Thor and he is the one worthy enough to wield Mjolnir, like sometimes he's not, you know, like we're not all perfect. And that's just the way things go. Well, they even they even hinted that like what Brandon just said there hinted that when he like when he goes over to the to Mjolnir before they're leaving on their journey and he picks up and he's like, okay just checking yeah um like and uh, those of us that have uh, i mean all of you have contributed to the jason aaron retrospective here on the show like that is a constant like in jason's jason's approach of thor it's like he wakes up every morning wondering if he's still worthy and i felt like they they actually like hit on that in a very subtle way in this movie like thor always wonders if he's still worthy um and faz said it correctly like he doesn't grow in a linear you know upward trending line it's it's very cyclical um I, my, my favorite my my the scene that i absolutely loved the most uh for me was the the uh gore might win this moment uh in the tent in the tent kind of thing on the on that moon mm-hmm. when he reveals to valkyrie you know like uh you know her deep inner pain he reveals to jane her deep inner pain and i feel like in that moment they got like taika and christian bale like they got gore so correct in maybe not in look and appearance um but the tone the tone of gore was so correct um and i loved that christian bale like went so full like into that and he like he was terrifying he was creepy and it like i know like some people will say like oh loki is thor you know thor's biggest villain like yeah that's probably true historically but like nobody goes after thor like like gore goes after thor um so i really loved that scene and it was (laughs) my wife was even sitting next to me she's like oh this is terrifying i'm like yeah that it's supposed to be it's 110% supposed to be making you very uncomfortable. Um, and I feel like Christian Bale, like he made me uncomfortable through the whole movie. Um, the idea of like him abducting kids and me having kids, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to like run into my kids' rooms like late at night. Like, okay, I'm just making sure the creepy you're still here. The didn't get them. <laughs> You know, but, that's that's a cool part that you meant. Oh wait, go on before I. Oh, I was just gonna say, like that was that was the scene, the moment that I loved the most, and, and like it, I find it funny that none of us really mentioned a fight scene. True. Uh, like none of us were like, oh, I loved the 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 lightning part and the the hammer parts. You know, uh, there. I mean, there's so many good parts of the movie, mm-hmm. but um, I love that we all chose character building moments. 
um that because that really tells me like as a fan like where the movie resonated with people um it's not in the big action scenes it's in those character building moments where we connect with these characters but i that uh, i'll comment on two things real fast that you just said one the thing you just said is that like this movie i felt like resonated with me in a lot of ways more than other marvel films have like it was very character driven in the sense of like the relationship between thor and jane i feel like that was just like a deep cut and going from waking up and not sure if you could do it every day but still trying to go and do your best yeah and overcoming this like great obstacle while you're trying to overcome like your like the love of your life right there too like there's so much conflict going on with uh thor throughout this movie you're kind of just like how is he functional and able to keep on pushing on but that's what he keeps on doing is just pushing on and pushing on um I so right with that part but yeah the the character aspects and their journeys throughout this film much more interesting not much more interesting but equally as interesting as these dope ass fight scenes that we got because even every fight scene was exciting i felt like they're really cool they're really fun i had no complaints jane fucking tore shit up like i love seeing the <laughs> hammer stuff like that was all i wish you know stuff like that was just brilliant but I really love seeing the Jane and Thor moments. Like that was the cool thing. Yeah. Um. I'm sure we'll talk about gore a bit more. But um. Oh. Yeah, if if we are, then I'll, I'll hold my comment for the gore. Just a just to quickly jump on Ryan's gore thing too. I'm really glad to hear you say. Uh, it really felt that they got gore there because I'm yeah. seeing a lot of people say things like, "This wasn't my gore. This was just an angry serial killer who wanted to murder the gods." And I'm just like, guys, just because he had, just because he has a nose, doesn't mean that's not who gore <laughs> just is. He like, has exactly. a nose. <laughs> like he, he's very much like he's not. Yeah. He's deep and he's had a lot of pain, but his plan is not that deep. He wants to murder all the gods. Yeah. He's creepy. He's a serial killer. He's not the strongest. He's just the creepiest and the evilest and christian bale got gore oh. taiko atiti got gore apparently they spent another hour in that uh scene ryan there was another hour of, of footage in that horror movie scene of christian bale going deeper and deeper and deeper and they thought this is great but this family movie is not going to handle yeah, what we were doing he already looks like he's from like a like an exorcism movie yeah. um, so yeah. maybe don't I mean, go that I, far I guess I'll, let me touch on my gore theme real fast. Like Ryan and I did the God Bomb and the entire the first like gore arcs, the first yep. two 12 issues or whatever. And and we did that on source pages uh with, with Haley. Oh cool. Yeah. I gotta listen to that too. Um I, I, I'm excited to listen to that. I love hearing people's thoughts on gore because not a lot of people really know about gore, but once they discover gore, they're just like, Holy fucking shit, this is the coolest villain I have ever come across. And Entering this movie, I already was full of doubts. Like I saw Bale's like appearance and I was like, what is this? And I was just like, well, and I even told Ryan this. I was like, I'm going to assume they're going to trust Bale with his acting chops to bring out gore. And they 100% did. And I, you know, there was so much, of course, as always, no matter what, there's so much different from his journey in the comics to here. Oh, yeah. But they nailed the right aspects to make it fit into a film and have it make sense. And his personality and that eeriness and creepiness that there was panels. We just sat on for like a couple minutes and we're just like, look how creepy this panel is. Like yeah. Gore's present, his leg up here and everything, like his knee, like by his ear and just like kind of just like observing like Thor while he's like torturing him. Yeah. All those moments that were like crucial to me, I feel like came out in this movie and defined Gore in a very easy way to digest in two hours you know what i mean it took 12 yeah. issues for us to see that maybe 13 uh, I think well, uh, 
12 and then uh he comes back in a big way in king thor um that's his uh that's his um his epilogue so okay i mean and i think they personally i was for someone for a naysayer and a doubter i love being proven wrong in situations like that like i was so happy i walked away just like hyped for gore and just that present his mouth would you just watch his mouth when he was talking and just the way his <laughs> lips moved and dude you forget that's like american psycho like batman like you're just so immersed in yeah. how good of an actor bale was yeah um, and I also learned actually this morning and I sent it to Ryan right before the podcast. Oh yeah. This was, this was really good. Uh, you know, one of my biggest gripes was the appearance of Gore and even his size. I thought he should have been bigger. I thought he should have been, you know, he's meaty in the comics. Like, and he gets bigger. Um, he's a workout bro. In, yeah. Yeah. He's, in, he's a gym dude. He squats like those thighs, like dude, those quads are huge. <laughs> thighs for days. Uh, yeah. And so I guess there was so much going on with Christian Bale that he only had a three-day turnaround time from one film where he had to kind of drop weight and do some stuff into entering, you know, Love and Thunder because of COVID, because of everything. And he was like, so we're just going to work with everything we can, and I'm going to do my very best to bring out the essence of this character with what we have visually. And I thought they pulled that off perfectly. Like, and, you know, kind of hearing that explanation made me feel a little bit better because I wanted a more gore aesthetic. I get the whole Voldemort thing and stuff like that. But it's like, I, I we all have heard stuff. that at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and big I mean, deal. I wanted the tentacle ears. I wanted the, like, the long drape cloak G string thing. Like, I was down for that, you know? Like, but I mean, I get that. That turnaround, you had three days to start this next film and you still brought it and made it completely. That's great acting. That's like a yeah. great performance and I'll applaud that. Well, and it turned him into less of the workout bro villain to like, he's totally possessed by the necro sword in this and it's poisoning yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And you can, his physique, whether it was an accident or not, lent to that, um, which right, I love. Right. And Ryan, the scene that you are talking about where they're all caught up in the, tentacles it was so like tim burton-esque to me both the way yeah, Bale yeah. was acting and the whole the black and white of that whole sequence and then his teeth was so danny devito and yeah. batman returns like it was so good i loved <laughs> yeah, it so much <laughs> well that's that's actually going to be revealed in the behind the scenes that christian bale's big uh inspiration for this role was danny devito's penguin <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, you can you can see the where is it when he bites the dude's nose and Batman or yeah. Like, I guess oh gosh, stuff down. dripping down his yeah. chin. Um, Haley. So keeping this rambunctious, fun family rock ballad going, <laughs> um, who, in your opinion, who was the character in this movie that brought the thunder the most? Obviously, it was the mighty Thor, Doctor Jane Foster. Who we haven't talked about that much. Like, so what about well, now Jane we're gonna <laughs> and Natalie? Like, what, how, why did she stand out to you so much in, in this movie? So, Jane's never been my favorite in the movies. I think she's been written poorly. I don't really think it's wow, yeah. Natalie Portman's problem. It's like, can she not get a good dialogue in a, a sci fi superhero movie? Uh, Star Wars, anybody? But she she won me over in this even though she still had a little bit of her silly dialogue once she became thor and she had that real drive and that real purpose she knew she was dying she knew she wasn't gonna make it she kind of i think had accepted that and so she was like this is the thing i can do now with what time i have remaining yeah and that's again back to that hospital scene that's what makes that choice of hers so important 
is because she chooses to do that. She knows exactly what she's doing. She knows what it's going to cost her. It's going to cost everything, but it's far more important for her to carry on this, this journey that she's been on for just a short time and save the love of her life than put a needle in her arm for some chemotherapy that she knows isn't going to work at the end of the day. I got a little sad saying that. (laughs) (laughs) They like the way they did like the, the juxtaposition between her as Thor and her as Jane slowly dying of cancer. Like you can see the, (laughs) the pain in Natalie Portman's performance, like the sunken eyes, the gaunt kind of facial expression. But then like when she turns into Thor, she's like, I mean, she's gorgeous, but like, she's also, she looks strong. So buff. (laughs) She's she's capable. (laughs) Um, Which, which, you know, those of us that have enjoyed Jason Aaron comics, like they do a great job of that in comics showing the clear distinction. Um, So I'm glad that like that was translated onto the screen. So obviously. Um, And I really thought they were going to kind of half the cancer storyline. I didn't think they'd go all the way like this. I thought like, it's a comedy. It's a fun movie. Boy, did they. Yeah, I, I I was thinking like she's gonna get cured or something. She'll find her own magical solution to it. She's not gonna look that sickly when she's got cancer. She's not gonna look that different when she's Thor. And they just didn't do that at all. They let you feel every inch like, of it. Yeah, and I'm so glad that they did because I was worried. That was one of those things where I love Taika movies, but and he's usually really great at emotion. But you never know if he's gonna turn that part into a comedy part. Right, he right. Didn't. He let it stay very serious and very tough, and it was. Yeah. all the better for it well and i've seen people complaining like oh they glossed over loss and cancer and grief and i'm like if you've had anybody in your life die from cancer you know that they didn't gloss over anything mm-hmm. the way she looked at the end was horrifyingly accurate and it just i mean i was just bawling the whole time they were in the eternity pool i guess <laughs> Um, it's not an infinity pool it's an eternity eternity pool (laughs) it just goes down forever um (laughs) yeah it's it was so well done and obviously all of her kicking ass stuff was cool but that's not the part of her that was what brought the thunder it was her her motivation and her drive like and i've even seen a, a small critique of jane's like well she was so goofy like she like she's coming up with catchphrases and i was like read a jason aaron mighty thor comic she literally is searching for catchphrases most of the time. Like mm-hmm. it was one of the, it's one of the, my favorite versions of Thor because like she's so Spider-Man-esque in her glee. She's, she's like Miss Marvel where she's like, she's just excited to be Thor. And then, yeah, there's a deeper purpose and drive underneath everything, but she's trying to be strong and give her, put her best foot forward while underneath she, she knows she's dying, but she doesn't want anybody else to really know that um but i mean jane is i mean how are we going to get through this without talking about jane we weren't going to uh brandon who brought the thunder the most in your opinion it was i was jane instantly dude like i i can't disagree anything you want to add to what like we've already kind of just broken down about her character then as someone that's had a crush on natalie portman since like episode one when i was a child and you know black swan yeah dude like i I love natalie portman i I mean uh, star wars like black swan like um was it v for vendetta whatever v for vendetta like she has been in my life my for now she's jane foster like 
amazing, astonishing, and you're right. I haven't really cared for Jane in like previous movies. I haven't really liked how she was presented. And actually, Thor one is like my biggest letdown of Natalie Portman's like performances because it's just hmm. like not that great. Um, and I got to refresh. It's been a few years, you know. Fine, Ryan. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll refresh. You know, for sure for you. Um, but I, I think what they did with her. And I loved what you were saying too, Haley, is that they gave us the full, I mean, uh, Kristen, they gave us a full arc with her. Like they didn't shy away from any of this. Like they gave us, I wasn't sure if they were going to kill her off at the end. I was like, are they going to try to continue this? Are they going to leave her open to some other stuff? But I kind of enjoy that they wrapped up gore. Another thing, wrapping up gore and Jane in a two hour movie, introducing and clearing up their storyline in one film. Right. Not fucking bad, in my opinion. Herculean task. Like yeah, I don't want to see what you did. There. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> don't worry, I'll talk about Ryan, Hercules Ryan, later. Ryan knows about that stuff with me. Um, so I, I think she just was wonderful, and I loved her dorkiness behind it because you know what? Like I've been around girls where they're just like shy and they're just trying to like figure things out and kind of be like part of the the guys in the sense where you know Thor she knows the responsibility of Thor she knows Thor she knows what goes behind it she's she knows the expectations in that right so she in her head you know being an adult and then getting these powers she feels like a child again kind of and then she's just trying to be like I want I want to have fun I want to be part of this I want to like intimidate and try to like be on your guys's level and that's what she has in her head you know what I mean like I'm trying to be right trying to like do this and she's just having a blast but you could also see the like the torture that's going on behind the scenes it's kind of in a weird way it's like a kind of like someone that has like you know, everyone kind of bottles stuff up in the background. You don't really know what anyone's going through on the surface level. Someone can be completely upbeat, completely open and awake and happy yeah. and functional. But then like in the background, they're just in deep, insane pain. And that was kind yeah. of what Jane was in the nutshell in this film. And, yeah. you know, when you see her at her strongest and she drops the hammer and she starts falling, like so many of these like emotional deep cuts are just like resonating that people go through in real life. And yeah, I think this film captured that. And like, I don't, you know, personally, I don't have anyone that's ever been sick with cancer. I'm very lucky and fortunate in that sense. And, um, but like the other ways you can look at that, if you haven't resonated with that aspect, there's a lot to still be uncovered there. And I think they just gave her justice in this film. And yeah. I think they like, as much as I wanted more gore, but gore wasn't the whole focus. You know what I mean? Gore is just like a thing that keeps the story going, but Jane yeah. was like the rock of it all. And it, it wouldn't have been the same movie without her. Well, uh, another thing, there's that scene in the in the beginning of the film where they're about to go off to Omnipotent City and she's in the bathroom and she drops the hammer and then you see her with that gaunt, you know, um, facial expression. And you see that her mom, It's I, I believe it's implied, her mom died of cancer. So there's this, heredit, there's this uh, her, uh, hereditary uh, disposition to the disease. And she's told like to never stop fighting yeah and then she picks up the hammer again and just bashes the shit out of that countertop and uh that i like counter I, had it coming oh right like <laughs> look at all smug like oh you can wash your hands in me and thus arrogant sinks is really what this show is going to be about the real scourge um, of the movie <laughs> I, I have truly been triggered and uh i will not stop talking about it. um no but like you see in that moment like 
she she's she, we've already seen her in the movie at that point like be like oh yeah well it's you know like i'm just you know trying to you know be the best story i can and all that stuff but then you see that moment of 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 transparency where she is so frustrated um that like she is so powerful but yet also so weak and i think really you know comics movies all that like it's really one of the great beauties of jane as a character is that when she's strongest she still knows that she is she has this weakness and when she's weak she's leaning on this strength that she knows is probably very temporary um so people you know people that you know choose not to engage with that i think you're missing out on a great uh a great character when you, you don't acknowledge that thor really doesn't have a lot of weaknesses like and I think that's, you know, as, as someone who has uh, loved Thor for a long time, and I forget on what show it was, but it was established that I actually don't, I, I actually hate Thor, um, uh, which was a really funny critique. Um, but like Thor doesn't have any weaknesses really, or his weaknesses are very, you know, very convenient for whatever story is being told. Jane has a clear weakness. Jane has a clear timetable she's dealing with. And I think her, the urgency of her as a character is what makes her more compelling at times um faz who brought the thunder or, or who else brought the thunder or are we just going to continue yeah, to shower I'm, praise on jane foster i'm okay my, with that my pick was going to be jane but i think that we've we've done a lot of jane there so we're going to do a slightly lighter we've done some jane pick. soul searching <laughs> i'm going to go with the classic odinson thor okay. brought the thunder this was also the most powerful this is the most powerful thor we've seen Right. He single-handedly destroyed everybody everywhere. He was able to fight off the Necro Sword when all these other gods are running away from it. He quote-unquote killed Zeus for a little mi a minute there. Yeah. And the coolest thing for me was how he's starting to use Odin's magic. He's enchanting yeah. things in a way that in the comics you see it pretty frequently. But I know like some of my friends asked me after the movie, like, how, how can Thor do that? Like, what are you talking about? I'm like he has that power that magic is an asgardian thing he's learned and now that he has the odin force and now that he's the all father he can do things like give an entire group of children the power of thor for an awesome final battle That's so I, this, this one's not quite as you know emotional obviously hemsworth did a great job thor had a great arc there we talked about that a little bit before but just in terms of amount of thunder that was brought there was an insane amount of thunder brought right, by thor right. in this movie yeah, i could not agree with more. like it's funny we we've gotten uh a little ways into this conversation and like it's his movie like <laughs> like i know like we all love jane we all love gore but like it's still his movie he's still the headliner and he's the one that's going to carry the torch forward I, I couldn't agree with you more faz i th i thought hemsworth was and, and and you'll hear this critique i'm sure all of you have heard this listeners some of you might think this or you've heard of it too i don't like goofy thor I don't like Goofy Thor. He's he's not he's too funny. Like okay. He's also a badass though. Like I I don't he's not yeah. he's it's not like he's freaking, you know, um Jerry Lewis. Like he's not he's, he's not Goku. the nutty professor. He's like, Goku now. That's what he is. He's, <laughs> he is he's totally a goofy Goku. fun guy and then when he powers <laughs> up, he's there. He's also like in the previous movies like people People say, Taika made Thor dumb. He's an idiot now. He makes stupid decisions. He's still so smart. He immediately goes to the gods. He knows exactly where the negative zone is or whatever it was called, Shadow Realm. He, he's funny, but he's still intelligent. Like, that critique makes me so mad. Just because he, he cracks wise doesn't mean that he's an idiot now. And 
if you were a being that had been around for thousands of years and were nigh invulnerable and immortal, would you take every single thing as serious as like, right. as like a Captain America or even like an Iron Man? Like he, he is a God. Like at some point these, like, yeah, the, the, the action scene at the beginning, like if you were a God that couldn't be touched and you were all powerful, would you have taken those chicken guys serious? No. <laughs> I loved yeah. those old Jim Henson yeah. style yes. chicken guys. <laughs> yes. It's like we were watching like an off-brand Muppets. They did the rock on at the beginning. Just to get it going. Yeah. I, honestly, all the creatures we got to see in this film were just one of my favorites too. Like in the Omnipotent City, all that type of stuff. All the, yeah. I love seeing all the aliens and different things. Yes. Um, but you know, Bow the God of Dumplings. Yeah. yeah. That was great. I think a big aspect to this too is that I kind of realized this with like the Venom movies is that like once you realize like what they're going for in this universe, once you realize like the tone and how they're presenting this character, like you could really have like a lot of fun. Um, I'm kind of a movie snob. Um, in a no, big don't way. say that. Like, <laughs> like I really like I watched like older movies from like the 60s and the 70s, like and I, I really analyze story very heavily. And so I'm very particular. Like I just watched Paper Moon this weekend and that movie's from 1976. It's like a black and white, beautiful story about like it, uh, a guy kind of raising this adopted daughter. And that kind of resonated with this film. I right. keep going in this direction. If you guys haven't seen or heard of Paper Moon, check it out. But like, that's the type of stuff I'm really into. So when I go into superhero movies, I know it's not gonna meet that type of mark. You know what I mean? I know that from the start. And I didn't like Ragnarok because how it felt like the first Doctor Strange. It just felt like the fact that Doctor Strange made a Beyonce joke just like annoyed the fuck out of me. But like once you like realize like they, I feel like they kind of let Disney take a step back in this one and you realize what tone they're going for and who they made these characters in this universe. Like you enjoy it like 10 times more. So yeah. going into this one like right away and it's like I know what this Thor is like. I know what this like, you know, this Thor journey you have Korg, all that type of stuff. Like, you know what to kind of expect. You're able to, like, kind of take off some of the reins that, like, oh, he's goofy. Oh, this was just a giant comedy and all this stuff. It's like, well, that's that's this universe. Like, that's this tone, and this is the same filmmaker. Yeah. Um, and you could kind of just relax a bit more. And actually, that's why I said it was fun. It's, it's literally Taika just having more control and having more experience now and knowing how to land... Uh, every jump a little bit better and that's why i was like this is this is 10 times better than ragnarok because i feel like the approach they went and the the comedy style that they went for in this one that goofiness uh it resonated because there's so much pain behind it you kind of need that comedic relief to kind of pull back I, from that too i initially was going to push back on that but like now that you say like it's kind of like um it's a counterbalance to the pain like the goofiness is also because because i've heard the critique of like if so much hardcore stuff is going on, why are we being so goofy about it? It's like, I don't know about you, but I get really weird around death. I get really weird when like serious things happen. Like I'm terrible at weddings. I am terrible at weddings. Um, like I'll be cracking jokes the entire time or, or like funerals. I'm the worst at funerals because I'm like, man, man. Are you know. an awkward smiler when like you smile when you're not supposed to? Well, I, I remember once I, I was at a funeral and I literally made the joke. I was like, man, this crowd really died. Like, you know, you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, if I don't say something, I will explode. <laughs> but 
My, uh, and, so and you kind of need that, you know what I mean? And that's like what we naturally, again, you know, these are like natural reactions of how we would, you know, go through something. And right. what you were saying, I mean, I'll make a joke when stuff gets real serious, and just just because that's the way, you know, a lot of our brains process that. That you're like, I need to breathe. I need to like, like loosen up a bit, literally, because yeah. you're so tense when you're so, you know, there's a cancer going on. There's like losing everything around you. Like Thor, they present to you, Thor lost everything, everything. People keep forgetting that, that like no, no hero. I mean, someone could defy me on this, but like no hero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has lost more than Thor has. Nobody. Oh, did her whole planet? I think they're tied. Explode? Okay. <laughs> did her whole planet exploded. Oh, he did that himself. <laughs> um, to to tie a knot on the whole expectations thing too. People who expected Taika to magically become the Russo brothers in this movie, right? We're never going to like this movie. Yeah. It's not I've a serious. Also, probably spy never seen a Taika movie right? outside of right? the MCU. But, but even seeing Ragnarok, like, why would you think this movie's not going to be? another Ragnarok style movie exactly. like why do you think he's suddenly going to be super serious and all uh, like it, it just it blows my mind when people go it wasn't serious enough it was uh, too funny it was too much fun I enjoyed it too much I wanted to be sad it's like <laughs> what? you're looking at the wrong film and the wrong yeah, you I was gonna say ask Brandon for the film to watch if you want to be sad people yeah he will know like, like, I, I will leave you thoroughly cool. depressed <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe. A, you're like a, you have all the answers, in my opinion. We're, we're talking <laughs> about the director people. that made Hitler funny. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, dude. Like, well, go Jojo watch Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit and tell me that Taika didn't know what he was doing. It's a brilliant movie. As one of the most brilliant fucking movies. Like, what they do with like, like the shoes in that movie is just, oh my god. I'm just saying, like, but yeah, it, that's his style. When you watch his previous stuff, it's like the what we do in the shadows. What we I mean, do come on. Shadows. What was the one with the man? It had home size from Jurassic Park in it, and dude got lost in the forest. It was the chunky kid. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. The one with Sam Neill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was um, a Netflix movie, I think. Yeah, something like that. And it was it was great, but it's that comical. That's where I feel like Ragnarok could have been so much better, and I could tell what he had in control of Ragnarok, and where Disney was just like, well, you got to do this too, and that stuffing that they do with some of these like directors and the writing sometimes kills it um just really thoroughly like just ruined the movie for me because some of those jokes didn't feel like taika jokes they felt like rewritten oh well that's too much taika like we got to tone it down a little bit and here there's so many lines that if you're just listening you're just like oh fuck there was like four jokes in those two sentences that just nailed it and i mean him as korg is just the most brilliant fucking most hilarious dude. and dude we even got our, our hearts broken because we think korg is gonna die like i generally was just like, oh, my chest got tight audible I, like, gasp i was just like no fucking <laughs> no like, don't you dare just, like, dragging thor through shit now you know what i mean but how it, dare it, you he gets hit with the lightning bolt and at that point like they knew you're hurting so much because of everything else that was going on and they're just gonna fucking slap you in the face with korg and then they give you that comedic relief, being like, "Ah, he's ahead." Like, and you still get him, and you're just like, "Thank you." But Turns out, my lips are the perfect. only thing they're alive. <laughs> yes, the sentient. Yeah, so good. I, so, I, for for like for for my answer to this question, I am going to mention a character we have not talked about yet. The person who brought the thunder the most for me. If we're not going to talk about Jane, we're not going to talk about Odinson. Mother frickin' Valkyrie. Yeah, I knew you'd go for Valkyrie. Like, I freaking love like. 
this is not a secret. This is not a secret. Like Tessa Thompson is awesome. Hell yeah. There are so many moments where like she like, yeah, sure. You can say like Thor is goofy. Jane is, you know, <laughs> she's tortured and she's trying to like learn how to be a superhero. Valkyrie knows she's a badass from the beginning. She is kind of, you can see this in her character. Like she feels a little held. Like she loves what she does. She loves being king of New Asgard, but she's being held down by all the bureaucracy of it. She hasn't been able to go on a Valkyrie adventure for a long time. Commercials, dude. Like right, she's doing an Old Spice Spice commercial. Uh, But like when she gets that opportunity, she's like, she's like, yeah, I want to. I like, I want to. I want to go. Like, oh yeah, it's going to be scary. And you know, there's you know this god butcher, but she doesn't back away from it. She is like running headlong with Thor into it. And she like tells Thor how it is like many times in the movie. And I thought her, you know, her in Omnipotent City, she was my favorite thing about Omnipotent City because when she gets to cut loose on those guards and she like, she does like the big slash and then she kind of just like does like, she looks up and like all that like, like golden blood is like kind of raining down on her. And then she does like she kisses one of the goddesses on the hand as she like falls off the back of the Zeus's platform. I was like, she's a total badass. Like th- there was there were multiple points in the movie where I was like, I, like I thought I loved Valkyrie as a character. Like, and now I'm just like, she can do whatever she wants. Like literally whatever they do with the character. And and I know like from listening to interviews, like Tessa Thompson loves this character. So like, please let her play this character as long as she wants. And um, when she gets stabbed at the end, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, yeah, don't take everything right? I love away from me, they, please. They kept doing that to us. Like, they kept doing uh, that to us. And that's the, that's that pullback. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to torture you a little bit, but you can't go that far with some of these characters. Like, it's just too precious. It's so uh for we got we got a few more things we want to tell you listeners about that we thought about the film the next one is probably the area that we have uh the most the most new ground to maybe like go off in a a lot of different places but it's faz wanted to ask this question and, and i think it's a great way to kind of start to land our conversation where does the god of thunder go from here now I know there's like, like we've got years to speculate and then there's lots of stuff that's going to happen in between now and, um, and when we actually get that next, you know, that Thor five film. Um, but where does the God of Thunder go from here? Haley speculate wildly in a, in a rambunctiously fun family rock style way. Uh, where do you think that the God of Thunder is, is going to go from here? I feel least qualified to answer this question um, because I'm also new to comics like Faz. Okay. Um, but with what's going on in the MCU, um, I can kind of see him finding Loki again. I could see them getting back together t- to deal with all this God level style stuff, God level style, God level stuff that <laughs> Loki and Sylvie helped unleash. Um, yeah. Kind of, you know, Loki's in kind of a, pit right now he's in a bad bad spot um who else could really help bring him out of that but his brother um then we'd have the whole tug of oh Loki, you're alive again you know i don't know but i could see him coming in with love and helping rectify or fix 
some big thing that Loki has broken, which technically I hadn't even thought about that it, yet. But... We got Loki season two coming up. Loki season two is really the next Asgardian MCU thing we have going on the books yeah, right now. They've started um, filming. And they have started filming. Yes. I oh, I cannot wait. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be crazy. Um, so, okay. Maybe we do a, a, a brotherly reunion with the God of mischief. Uh, Brandon, where does the God of thunder go from here? There's like two routes you can kind of do, but they'll probably merge them together somehow, but it's going to go that like paper moon route where it shows like him trying to, he's not the father, but he's kind of a replacement father in a sense. And you're kind of seeing that slowly, become defined more and more as the next story unfolds um or we could also go that like lone wolf and cub route where it's mm. like um the whole like you have this child with you and you guys are just fucking kicking ass and doing cool shit you know what i mean but a la like logan a, yeah exactly that that whole entire that father daughter dynamic that you kind of see in a lot of films which is all based off of like paper moon and lone wolf like every single iteration mandalorian is lone wolf and cub you know what i mean so or even a uh, uh, or kick ass. It's yeah, like it's kick like kick ass. Yeah, uh, with yeah. Hit Girl. Mm-hmm. It's it's a well it's a well worn very good trope, and it looks like we're definitely at least trending in that direction on some level. Um, and I mean, but for like the most part, I couldn't even like assume or guess where they could go and like what they would introduce next on the journey. That that's like yeah. how lost I am in that sense. Okay, but uh, like what they you know character wise, villain wise, or maybe Magog or some shit um but like i wouldn't even fucking man gog or some shit <laughs> baz um where does the god of thunder go from here and i know I have, baz and i've already talked about this and it is like we speculated wildly i have two pitches uh <laughs> neither of them have to do with chris hemsworth's store i want to see a mighty thor valhalla disney plus show where natalie portman can explore valhalla have some sort of mystery going on there Maybe something goes wrong there and she has to help Odin get everything back in shape there. Maybe she comes back afterwards. I don't know. Loved the character. Happy if she's, that's a perfect send off for her if she's gone. Would be very happy to watch a show with her there as well. Mm. And for uh, love or whatever we end up calling her in the next movie, I want her to be dropped off at Avengers Academy by Thor and have a Disney Plus show with a bunch of the young Avengers before we uh, reach our way down to a young Avengers movie. Those oh. are the two things I really want to see next. Otherwise, Avengers for, Academy. Yes. for Thor, swashbuckling space adventure. Doesn't matter who the villain is. Doesn't matter who he's doing it with. He will be fun in it. But those two things I'd love to see with uh, the other Thor characters. I Like before Vaz had mentioned that whole Valhalla idea, I, I thought like, now that I've had a little time to think about it, Faz, when you mentioned that, I was like, well, what would be more Jane Foster Valkyrie than that? Like Jane's powers as Valkyrie after she's done being Thor in comics, she guides people to the afterlife as Valkyrie. So like if they wanted to bring Natalie Portman back as a as a like a Valkyrie, which is kind of what I thought they were going to do with her at the end of the movie. But whatever, Um, you know, I, I think that's awesome. Like there's so many Asgardians in Valhalla now. So there, there's got to be something going wrong at some point. And we, we saw Heimdall at the end of the movie, like the very end of the movie. Um, so who knows? Who knows? That like those Disney Plus show ideas, I, I guess I really hadn't even thought those are kind of that fertile ground that we could see some other stories come to fruition that maybe have nothing to do with Hemsworth. Um, okay, everybody. We've come to the point in the show where I've held back on this 
for, you know, the entire time you've been listening. Hercules is coming, and I could not be more freaking excited. So, on this show, I have said many, many times that one of my favorite supporting characters for Thor is the Prince of Power, Hercules, because Hercules and Thor together is like a fun, intergalactic, godly buddy cop movie. I am so freaking excited that mid credit scene was, you know, Zeus talking about how Odinson will fall from the sky. And then he turns like, do you, do you understand Hercules? And he basically is like, yeah, I totally get it. And his whole look is fantastic. I love it. I think for me, that is where I want the next Thor movie to go that you're going to have Hercules trying to hunt down Thor and they're going to fight a lot because in the history of Thor comics, like Hercules isn't really a villain to Thor. He's more of like a, like a rival. He, they're more, they're, they're very brotherly in the way they approach each other. And I, I, I think that Hercules is kind of like the brother that Thor wish he had had because they're, they're very similar in a lot of ways. <laughs> Brandon, I love Brandon's cat is named T'Challa. So I love that T'Challa is all over the screen. <laughs> Chala wants to be part of the conversation. Chala's like, when are we going to talk about Wakanda forever, guys? (laughs) But I think the 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 part for me that is the most exciting is seeing like a um a a war of the gods like pantheon kind of spanning storyline that features Hercules. Um, I'm very ready for that, and uh, I'm going to go read a bunch of Hercules comics after this. So um, now we've come to the last question of our discussion. Before we get there, Ryan. Asgardian. Do you think that Thor is going to end up being a god butcher of sorts when he has to work his way through the Greek pantheon of gods when they're all trying to kill him? Or do you think it's going to be kind of a misunderstanding that gets yeah. worked out? I think it's going to be one of those. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? God of like, Thor, yeah. <laughs> god of Thor, like war movie. Just... Uh, I, I don't I don't think he'll go full, you know, um, like killing like all the Greek pantheon. I do think it'll be like he has to fight a bunch of them to get to Zeus. But I don't even think Zeus will be the big bad in that. Um, I, I don't think Hercules is a big bad style character. I mean, uh, I agree with Brandon, like you could really throw a lot of different villains from Thor's rogues gallery still in there. I just think the next movie is going to be more about Thor and Hercules teaming up or doing that classic marvel thing where they there's a misunderstanding thor explains himself and hercules is like oh, okay well i'll help you go get the bad guy then um something like that will happen um it's very classic marvel comics in in that way which i think is why it excites me so much um but uh, it's several several of you know like i love marvel team up as a comic and really if thor 5 were you know thor and hulk in a marvel team up style movie i'm all here for it all here for it i mean um i guess that'd be like following the pattern i mean thor and hulk and then thor and uh jane foster yeah um cool if we had a cooler character but yeah (laughs) brandon trying to be the voice of dissension aside uh, (laughs) let's get to um really the 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 question that a lot of us um want to know with how we review this movie what is your rating of this movie now we're going to do one out of one to ten ten being the highest one being the lowest um and just like whatever you give the rating our our esteemed panel a brief description of why, because like we've all we've kind of all given our, our thoughts about like what we really liked and how we 
process the movie, but like as, as kind of a closing statement, your rating on a scale of one to 10, and then why you gave the movie that rating. Haley, the floor is yours. So this is a solid seven for me in the MCU. Um, I have talked about a lot of the stuff that I loved and I have notes about even more things that I loved in this movie, but there were three things that kind of made me go, hmm. Um, sometimes the humor for me was actually a little too much in this one. There were just a few okay. times where it was like, okay, it was not the screaming goats that played well every single time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> for everybody, right? <laughs> oh my God. Way too good. Yeah. So good. When Nebula um, says she's gonna put them down, I know, and Mantis is behind her, like, oh my gosh. and, and yeah. they start getting annoying, and then they land on the the, uh, the shadow realm, and they're hilarious again. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, but some of the other humor played a little too much for me, just a few times. Okay, um, I did want to see Gore in action a little more. Um, it was a two-hour movie, and I don't hate that at all, <laughs> but we did miss out on some of his brutality and we know that because we read the comics, but right. the general populace does not. Um, and then my third kind of just like, whatever is there were just a few little inconsistencies. Um, why are Thor's eyes blue? We don't get an explanation, just real small, not important nit nitpicky things, but enough to make me go, eh, I can dock you a, a point for some of that stuff so a good seven for me so you're not gonna like go on youtube and do one of those like five reasons why thor's eyes are blue instead of what they should be like for clickbait crap <laughs> okay good i'm just gonna acknowledge it and move on <laughs> wow what a sensible normal adult would do that's refreshing <laughs> brandon what do you rate the film and and maybe tell us a little bit why you rated the film uh what you gave it i'm gonna give it straight up an 8.5 no okay. Lie. I and I said this when I saw Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. That was the first Marvel movie I wanted to rewatch since Civil War came out in 2017. Um, I have only missed one Marvel movie purely out of just timing and no, no other reason than I just have not gotten to it. Is Shang Chi? But I heard that's like oh. one of the best ones. I'm excited to watch it. I just have it's not, incredible. Yeah, I'm, I was I, waiting I, for him I, to say Endgame. The, the big part of <laughs> the reason why I haven't seen Shang Chi is just, I just haven't. I want to sit down and enjoy it because I hear it's really good. Yeah. Um, haven't had that opportunity yet. The only reason. But um, I have not liked a lot of the Marvel mil films in a while. Um, they just like, I watch them. I once and done Endgame, Infinity War. I saw it once. I was like, cool, done. I, I had no reason. I didn't even like No Way Home. I thought it was just like. Really? I, I, I think it's one of the lamest movies ever. I'm not. It's just pure nostalgia. And that doesn't do shit for me. Um, and they're just buying. Fuck, I could rant. But uh this gave me something that was like taika at his fullest the humor in it i thought was just like really on point i love the mel brooks moments i love the hidden little dialogue between it i really of course i wish i would have got more gore of course that's all i've always wanted right gore. but <laughs> i still admired for what they did and what they worked with and i felt like it was very impressive on that end and christian bale just torched it up i i thought overall i just had a blast start from finish because i went in with a very negative connotation walking into the film because i didn't like ragnarok and i was smiling from start to finish and i like teared up for a few moments and i like got really excited for some moments and i was literally laughing out loud and just busting up just like this is great and for me to like finish watching a film and be like i want to go reach rewatch that again um just for pure enjoyment for superhero movies i'm not looking for too much in in terms of a lot of like 
you know, of course, structure and shit like that. But like yeah. story wise, none of these Marvel films have done a lot for me, and I just I'm bored, and it takes me nowhere. I haven't even like yeah. any of these Marvel shows except for WandaVision. So <laughs> coming back to this, I was just like, this was great. This is this brought me back. We're three and three. Batman, Doctor Strange, and uh, Thor. I've loved this year, and I haven't felt this way about superhero movies. I go in them to enjoy them and get myself out of this universe and somewhere else. A lot of it resonated with me in a really like in like deep cool ways, and it just made me realize like why I love the comics so much. Yeah, you know, and that's what it brought me back to is like I enjoy the comics because I resonate for them for certain reasons, and they take me somewhere else, and I'm all of a sudden in a better place, and that's where this movie took me. I, one thing I love about Brandon's uh, rating is that, and Brandon and I have talked about this many times, like for a lot of for a lot of it like the mcu does nothing for him but this like this movie won over brandon if you'll allow me to say i won over a skeptic yeah 100%. Like, that's I was skeptic that's that's something i think that because because a lot of times what you'll see is like you'll see entrenched mcu fans like be like does it continue the run of greatness or does it is it a bump in the road of like these, you know, uh, the all these great Marvel movies in a row. Like Brandon has not been enamored with, you know, what the MCU has done lately, and this was the film that won him over in a in a major way. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're out there and you're like, eh, this didn't do anything for me, this didn't do anything for me, but like you want a film, maybe maybe Love and Thunder is that film for you. So, yeah. Faz, your rating and tell me why. So I'm going to continue this trend that we have of upward trajectories here. <laughs> okay. I am perfectly happy to admit it's a flawed film. I am perfectly happy to admit that there are pacing issues. Some of the jokes don't land like you'd want them to. Might be too short of a movie while also being too long. Might even be two movies thrown together. But for me, this movie is a 10. It's my favorite solo Marvel movie. It's the most comic-y Thor movie we've gotten, I think. Thor himself is not the same as the comics Thor. He's the Hemsworth take on Thor. Mm-hmm. But everything that happens is wild. It jumps from set piece to set piece, and they're all interesting and exciting and very ripped from the comics. Thor does things, like, again, I come back to those enchantments that he would do in the comics that he's never really done. In the MCU, he's more just powerful lightning guy, and now he's actually doing other things that Thor has. Mm. And as a super diehard Thor fan who's spent the last pandemic here reading as much of the Thor comic runs as he can all of Jason Aaron all of uh, Donny Cates this was just it for me I I get that there are issues with some of the other stuff people complain about things like CGI I don't care about that kind of stuff I think this movie was everything I wanted it to be so for me it's a 10 who can't get much better than a 10 (laughs) unless we're just making up new ratings but (laughs) so I am going to give this movie. It was really funny. Apparently when you start a Thor podcast, a year and and change out from a, out from a movie, people suddenly care about your opinion on it. And uh, I, first of all, that my three co-hosts, their opinions matter much more to me than like all the people that are like, Oh, it's goofy Thor. And you know, it's terrible. That's why these three are here. (laughs) So (laughs) I, I loved, you know, getting to break this movie down with my friends. And I think, because Faz actually asked me after I went to my second viewing the other day, he said, did it change your mind? And I was like, I think it enhanced my enjoyment. So I'm going to give this movie an 8.5. So 8.5, 
is uh is ryan's official review of thor love and thunder that could change tomorrow i don't know uh i reserve the right to change my opinion uh so uh it's it's an 8.5 for me because of some of the things that Haley mentioned um i do think like the first half an hour is is paced a little weird for me it did feel like there was like 20 minutes of movie missing in different places Mm -hmm. i i really wish we would have seen gore do more gore stuff like don't tell us show us like show us how he's more terrifying it's kind of what like i wish um we just would have seen more of that yeah uh like in the co- in the comics we never see how a, a falagir uh dies i would have loved for them to like play with that mm-hmm. like uh, uh for, for those of you that may not remember from the movie falagir is um the the big giant monster that you find on the planet that sif is um sif is been fighting on um one of the small little continuity things that I, I i really i really wanted a, an answer to and i'm probably the only one that's going to fixate on it is why was sif hunting down gore like yeah. sif says i've been hunting a madman it's like why why though like how how did you get like how did you get on his trail and why are you picking up the mantle of chasing after him that was just one of those things where i was like okay Maybe there's like a cool story little thing there, but but there isn't. Um, and and maybe that was like one of that like what I feel like 20 minutes of movie that might be missing. It's a very small thing. And, and I agree with Haley. Like the things I didn't like are very small. Like the the things that didn't resonate with me, like I can get over. Like I'm I'm not like I'm I'm not like some angsty rotten tomatoes reviewer who's gonna rip it to shreds because there's two bits of story that I didn't understand. Um so 8.5 i really enjoy this film and we've come to the end and we're going to do like all of our plugs but i'm going to tell my co-host what the secret mystery question is and they're going to give you what they think the answer is uh here's the question then we'll do all of our plugs so i'll give you a minute or two to think about it what did jane whisper to thor at the end of this movie <laughs> in your opinion what what was the what was the catchphrase that jane whispered to thor so Think about that for a second. And then we're going to do our plugs. We'll do across the Bifrost at the end. You're already here. You know how to find across the Bifrost. Haley, what's going on on source pages? And where can people find all of the source pages goodness on the internet? A lot is going on on source pages. So we're called Source Pages, a reading collective. We cover comics and novels as primers for TV shows and movies. We've mostly been doing comics because we are heavily MCU focused due to the network that we're on. Um, So our most recent one was our primer for Thor Love and Thunder with Ryan. It was super fun. We had a great time. Um, We're getting ready to delve into um, some DC. Actually, we're going to cover the Sandman audio drama that's on Audible. From the Neil Gaiman run. I knew the second you said Sandman, Brandon was going to perk up real quick. Yeah, um, that have, show is coming out. I have one superhero card, uh, tattoo, and it's a Sandman. I, oh, that's I, awesome. I have Dreams Helm on my nice. arm. Nice. Yes. 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 Um, so we're looking forward to that because Netflix is putting that out on, I think it's August 7th. So after the show comes out and we watch it, we will um, review it. So our thing is we read the thing, cover the thing, and then we uh, do a review and a comparison to what we read on the thing. So... Yeah, anything that's um, Marvel we're covering, most of the DC things I think we're going to start covering. It's more of a time thing with DC than uh, not. we don't dislike DC on our podcast at all. So yeah, we're busy and we're on Instagram, Twitter, and we have our own Facebook page. And you can email us at sparkpodcast at gmail.com. 
go check out source pages legitimately some of my favorite discussions um i understand comics better even as a comic book reader like i understand comics much better thanks to source pages and if you want someone who has like a fresh perspective on what just a normal person how would view comics is Haley hobbs is your go-to because even even brian v klein like he, he's he's like an entrenched nerd yes. like he's been reading comics forever yeah Haley is <laughs> i'm like, the Haley, audience at wide perspective <laughs> you're one of my favorite people to hear break down comics um like to this day i i you're one of the best so go check out source pages uh brandon paul city comics Yo, if you ever need any sandman stuff hit me up <laughs> <laughs> I'll jump on that shit right away. Um, but uh, for reals, I'd love to talk about Sandman. I'm going to do so much of that. Uh, I just got so hyped about that. Um, so excited. <laughs> I fucking love Sandman. It's greatest shit. But uh, check out Apollo City Comics on all podcast platforms. And we're doing a, a video on YouTube now. So uh, we actually just had Ryan on for, and somehow we lined this up pretty well. Um, but we did the first issue, uh, a first appearance of Thor. And we're probably gonna get him back on for Thor number one and maybe a Doctor Strange number one that you don't know about yet that I'm telling you. Man. <laughs> um, Brandon's but... filling up my schedule for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. Awesome. <laughs> I but, love uh, it. Check us out. Uh, we just break down comics as two creators and um, just shoot the shit, and it's a lot of fun. People like it for some reason. So yes. Well, it's because you it's because you guys are good at it. That's why that's why people like it, and they're incredibly <laughs> honest. You will if you go over to Apollo City. Uh, you will not find two guys just being comic book guy from the Simpsons, incredibly honest about the things they don't know. And then they will go actually like, look it up. So it's almost like you're talking with your two friends at the comic book store. Um, so yeah, great Apollo city comics, go check it out. Doing a lot of first appearances uh, around, around the release of this episode. Faz, what do we got going on for the Faz guardian? Well, you uh, listeners will, will remember me, Fazgardian on Instagram. You're going to hear me with Ryan all the time on the podcast. Uh, yes. What, what have I got going on? I've got a new helmet. It's, uh, it's different. It's a battle suit. Yeah, so so my, uh, my blue Thor armor is based on the concept art that was released a few months ago. It's not quite the same as the movie one. So my helmet is also the concept art helmet. After watching the movie, I'm incredibly pleased about this decision, given that the helmet was used for all of 10 seconds and then thrown away with a throwaway <laughs> yeah, joke about how it's uncomfortable. Yeah. So immediate. And uh, <laughs> the movie one's also just so huge, and mine is yeah. much smaller. So that's uh, that's what you can see me doing next. It's going to be a lot of Thor Love and Thunder content coming out on Instagram. Yeah, and, and and actually, um, I've, I've thought yeah. of my catchphrase. Oh, hold, hold, one, hold one, one second. One second. Okay. Faz... So I'm going to, I'm going to hype you up Faz, um, because if you want like just a fun, like a fun cosplay, like look into how someone brings the character to life, you know, as, as a really like a part-time hobby, um, like Faz does great edits. Like you'll see a lot of the different movie posters from the movie, but with Faz in them. And sometimes like, even at like Faz and I are friends at this point and I still have to do double takes. Um, so lots of great stuff like you got you went to a premiere with a few other cosplayers a Groot cosplayer like that's insane to me like how do you have the the, the financial wherewithal to be like yes i want to do Groot as a cosplay <laughs> <laughs> but go check out faz guardian on instagram seriously it's uh, great stuff and faz really gets into the character uh for a lot of these photo shoots so 
Fantastic. And then let's 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 end the show with our special awesome mystery question. Faz has apparently uh, called Haley's spot in the order. So by we'll, all means, <laughs> we will we won't uh, we won't delay him any further. What did Jane Foster whisper to Thor that was her catchphrase? Jane whispered, "Stop, hammer time." Da 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 da. Haley, what was Jane's catchphrase? Um, my hammer runneth over into your face. It's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> bad. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, dude, I, I, have, I, I can't even answer this. Don't one. say I, fun. <laughs> don't say don't, fun. <laughs> don't crash the writer. <laughs> I literally, I know I'm such a shitty like writer. Spend hours <laughs> with a blank page before we say something cool. Um, <laughs> I've had moments. Um. I don't know. I was assuming that she just like did a callback to like what they had talked about, like something personal between them. I have no fucking clue. Um, to me, I just assumed that it was like one of those moments, like as a writer, as like when you don't know how to put something in that's so magical, you just have built up so much to be like, okay, you know their connection, you know their bond. I don't know what the fuck they're going to say. But I'm going <laughs> to leave it to the audience. Just like when quick, like the way I thought about this was like, when Tom King didn't know how to describe the meaning of life in his Commandi comic in issue 11, um, he just put a jacket. Which we all know. Come on. Yeah, which we all know. <laughs> um, but like when he, uh, he couldn't find the meaning of life, he just put a Jack Kirby quote. So you know what? She probably just said a Jack Kirby quote and made him smile. Why not? And that's and that's going to be it. He, she just whispered, true believer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here was what I thought would have been really cool for her to say. She just says, Darcy stole my hot Cheetos. <laughs> and we're when we're done i would have loved to see darcy at the end by the way but anyway that's what we thought of thor love and thunder i hope that you the listener go out and see it enjoy it play we're gonna actually do something in a few weeks i'm gonna try i'm gonna try and put this together and we'll see if it happens we're gonna do like a call-in style review of the movie so you the listener can be a part of the show we're going to send out links and if you're uh, listening to us on spotify you can leave us a voice message and we will put that in the show we're going to do a call-in style show so if you want your opinion heard here on the bifrost you can do that we will send that link out a few different times on our social media channels so that you have the opportunity to be a part of the show so until we see you next time aboard the Bifrost, dear listeners, for my co-host today, for myself, wherever you're at, how many times, however many times you've seen Love and Thunder to this point, I've seen it twice. I hope you go, go see it multiple times. Everybody, remember one thing, stay worthy. How's it going, everybody? This is Across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast. My name is Ryan Doz, and today we are doing like the episode, the Thor Love and Thunder trailer, not trailer breakdown. Holy shit. I'm going to get, I'm going to start this all over again. <laughs> that'll, that'll be on the blooper reel, Haley. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs>